Welcome to it. It is Track This with myself, Craig Ganga, and of course, the whole team of great commentary uh, that uh, always joins us on the show. Today, we're talking Austrian Grand Prix. And to be honest, I'm quite excited about this one uh, with all the upgrades are coming. But let me first introduce you to our team of panelists. We've got Avon Middleton, the amazing, the famous, the awesome, the guy that we absolutely love, uh, Avon Middleton, who is the publisher and director of Top Gear SA magazine, as well as a motorsport analyst. And then joining us for the first time in a while, and I'm so glad to have him back on the show, is Brent van Escape, who is an automotive and motorsport journalist and a GTI Challenge race car driver. Gents, good to have you on the show. It's great to be here. It's great to have Brent back too. Brent, good to hear. Good oh, to thanks, man. It's, also, it's awesome to be back. What a warm, fuzzy feeling. Like I said, talking F1 with you guys over coffee in the morning is uh, quite special. If only if it was a glass of red wine with the weather that you're having in terms of Cape Town at the moment, right? Yeah, but then I'd look like a raging alcoholic, Korea, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early in the morning for red wine. Yeah, it's twelve o'clock somewhere, guys. Twelve o'clock somewhere. Anyway, let's yeah. get back to the point that we have at hand, and that is, of course, Formula One. Lots of general interesting news coming out. Um, Brent, let's start with you once on this one. I think when Liberty Media took over Formula One and they came out with this whole plan, they're going to introduce a whole bunch more of American races, they're going to bring in investors, they're going to bring in new partners, um, Drive to Survive was one of the strategies. And I think it's shown pretty well with the fact that Red Bull Bird Capital and Maxim Effect uh, Investments, who's the guy's we know Ryan Reynolds. Everyone's like, oh, my God, Ryan Reynolds bought a Formula One team. This is exactly what Liberty Media had in mind. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, you've got to remember a couple of things here is that America is a, is a nation of consumers and um, and they consume um, not just from products but also from, from media. Um, and we've seen with the Drive to Survive just how much that ramped up the hype around F1. Um, and Liberty Media has just been a masterclass in how they've managed um, F1. So I think that uh, Alpine, uh, this is a big strategic move from them to grow their um, their Alpine uh, sports car um, brand in America. So latching on to the likes of uh, what Ryan Reynolds has done, um, you know, specifically with his uh, success story around the Wrexham uh, football club story. Um, is something that they want to buy into, and it's a, it's such a smart move, um, and uh, and it can only mean good things for them. To be honest, I'm just waiting for the first Ryan Reynolds advert. <laughs> I think that makes one of us in this uh, in this uh, podcast. No ways! Come on, it's going to be hilarious. Everyone, is it just me? No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I'm a marketing person, and and Ryan Reynolds is uh, he's one of those people that just gives you a refreshing a marketing slant you know it's 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 not going to be the usual with him you know so no i'm with you i look forward to i look forward to what he's going to do and and you know i think i'm looking forward to just how they're going to leverage this to to you know to benefit uh, the team ultimately the renault team uh in, just in terms of revenues um i think renault's you, you remember the sort of alonso heyday renault was just you know they were in the money they had a lot of investment. They had a lot of sponsorship. And obviously, that's waned um, since then. And I think this news, you know, not, not just in terms of capital investment, but also just in terms of what they can do with it in the future with, with names like this behind it, um, I think we're going to see just a new level of marketing for the team. And I think we're going to see them trying to break through the clutter of, of, of Formula One and also leveraging 
you know, the billions and billions of, of dollars that uh, Formula One is raking in. So, yeah, I think it's good for them. I think it's good for the Alpine brand specifically. Um, I'm sure you see it with, you know, Aston Martin Racing. It's now everything that they've invested under Lance's, uh, Lawrence Stroll's investment is now starting to bear fruit in the car company as well. And I think that's ultimately, you know, what it's about. It's about Formula One making its own money or Alpine making its own money through Formula One. But it's also about Alpine growing that brand so that hopefully those cars that they that they sell just get a little bit more uh, of a foot in the door in terms of the market. So I'm very excited. This is like, this is great news. It's yet another team that hopefully mm. will, you know, rise above the, the clutter. So I think in recent times, you know, Mercedes is a massive brand. Ferrari, of course, is the biggest you know, I, I saw brand. an article that Mercedes is the Mercedes Benz is the fourth biggest or most well known brand in the world. I think Ferrari is above them. Yeah, if, if I look sense. at the yeah, hmm. if I look at Instagram's list, Ferrari should be number one. Hmm. Are you just talking brands in general? Brands in general, brands in general. Yeah, look, I could, I can believe it. I mean, I was looking at some stats just in terms of you know, the money that Mercedes rakes in just in terms of sponsorships. And I think from 2013 to 2022, so nine years, they've gone from 30 billion to $57 billion. That's just in brand partnerships. I mean, that's some, <laughs> some serious. Uh, so, I could yeah. do, I could do with those extra $10 billion in my bank account. Thanks for coming. An incredible story, but Red Bull's the same. Red Bull team is uh, just from a brand perspective and what they've done has just been incredible, which is why, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's why the Alpha Tauri um, idea maybe hasn't done so well for them because I think they were expecting it to do the same. The same thing that Red Bull's done for the brand and for Formula One, um, I don't think it's happened with Alpha Tauri. So they're looking into that, obviously. <laughs> and I think that's also quite a big thing. I've got it on the list here of things we needed to chat about is the fact that and Brent, you can weigh in on this one as well. They're now completely rebranding and changing the name name of that team completely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think the initial plan was uh, if you go back to the Red Bull Toro Rosso days, where uh, Red Bull was supplying parts, it worked well for them then. Um, and essentially, it was a control copy, control paste from the Red Bull team um, in terms of the relationship. And you know, since then with AlphaTauri, they've uh, they've allowed them to go in more independent. Um, but over the years, they've uh, they've wandered um, somewhat, and you know you just have to look at the your twenty twenty two constructors championship, and for AlphaTauri to be finishing um, ninth and to be cl so closely linked to Red Bull and Helmut uh, Marco is is not good enough. Um, so you know a bit of a, a, a come to Jesus moment there, um, which you know, has been spearheaded by by Mister Marco, um, who is not a um, a fan of uh, non-performance. So, you know, there, there's going to be big changes happening uh, towards the end of this year uh, with the France task, um, uh, essentially leaving F1 and there's going to be a big shift up in leadership there as well. So, yeah, expect uh, big things to happen as well as a, a new sponsor coming on board there. Let's talk about new sponsors, new teams, a lot of things happening. And I think another big news story that also came out is the fact that Audi has signed their first driver. Now, we spoke about this in depth last week, Avon. It's it's exciting to see, you know, the younger talent coming in. I know it's only 2026. No, he's only a, a simulator driver. 
but still, this is exciting news. Look, I think first to say he's not a he's not a young driver. Um, he's he's my age, so. Oh, Avon, you're still in your twenties. What's wrong? Away my age. <laughs> um, no, you know, I'm a big fan of Neil Yanni. I, I used to I used to really watch him as he came through the ranks. Um, what I like about him is that he's got experience in a whole bunch of different series. I met him during the A1 GP, and he was he was winning then. Um, he was the driver to beat in A1 GP, and obviously uh, they they came here, which was great. But you know, he spent some time in Formula One cars in Toro Rosso. He spent some time in A1. But then he's also spent some time in GT racing, and uh, you know he's a he's a Le Mans winner. He spent some time in um, with Porsche at Le Mans. Um, I think he's done GP two as well. So I think what's what's exciting is that he's a he's an experienced racer, and he's not just uh, kind of the new hotshot that can that can do you know great one lap pace. He's someone that can help the team develop help the team in the simulator and actually develop a, a you know a, a decent uh, power unit and a decent race car so yeah i don't think he's going to find a seat to f1 itself um but i think to sign him is i think it's a i think it's a coup for audi uh he's he's certainly in terms of his cv alone he's certainly the right man for the job in a sense in my head anyway well, look, 2026 is still a long way to go. There's a lot of changes that are going to happen or, you know, we're going to see to Formula One by 2026. Um, so if you missed last week's podcast, go check it out. We just literally went into detail about everything that's happening uh, by 2026. Um, let's go back a couple of days now and we have a look at what happened in Canada. Um, a lot of people are saying that it was probably the most spectacular podium finish Brent in Formula One history, even though we had the exact same podium in Melbourne this year. Yeah, no, for sure. I think very, very colourful and uh, and and heavy. I'm surprised that podium could uh, could hold the weight of those three champions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Verstappen, uh, Hamilton, Alonso. You know, they they are you know referred to as goats from their respective crazy fan bases. Um, and uh, it's it it was just great to see also just Hamilton and Alonso there. You know, and. I think for what what this says is that I think for the rest of the season with with Merck's advancement and and the changes that Hamilton seems to be gelling quite well with at the moment um, and uh, and Alonso's uh, form um, I think this is going to to pan out to be quite an exciting remainder of the season. When you say exciting remainder of the season, you're just saying that we're going to have a battle for second place. We're not going to have a battle for first place. Let's be serious. This is kind of taken care of. Yeah, no, I think yeah, Verstappen has checked out. I think what we're seeing right now is the um, it's even if you just listen to the radio comms, and I mean he's cracking jokes and laughing. I mean I don't think that that man was possible of any degree of personality. <laughs> To, to that point, and we've definitely not seen it on his rise. But now that he's here and and knocking it out the park, left, right, and center, um, yeah, I think it's a, a place your bets as to who's coming second, third, and fourth. Speaking about um, Max kind of cracking jokes, Avon, um, and being a little bit more friendly and that sort of stuff, I think it also goes to the fact that he's, he's also getting a lot of records in the bag. There's a lot of... Um, you know, history that is making, if you want to call it that. And the one that he got in Canada was the fact that it's the 100th Grand Prix win for Formula One, for Red Bull. Um, and this is only the fifth team that's achieved this master. Yeah, it, it really was a special weekend for them. And I've always, 
I've always been a big fan of Canada as a as a track, and 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 it's always one of my favorite races on the calendar. But it's partly because there's always something special that happens there. You know, when Lewis uh, Hamilton equaled Michael Schumacher's record, you know, and Mick Schumacher gave him that helmet. You know, it was a really special moment. And then, of course, this past uh, race, Red Bull's hundredth race, Max equaling Ayrton Senna. Uh, you know, just a really, really special race for them, and I, and I, we must just commend them, and we must commend the the, the consistency, and you know, just uh, it's just an incredible outfit. You know, they they're they're good on track, they're good in pit stops, they're good in strategy. Uh, you know, it's just an incredible team. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what's happened with Checo. I think he's checked out as well. Um, <laughs> a big concern for me there, but yeah, really special for them, and I and I think great for. Great for Formula One. I'm not sure. You know, Max has always had this demeanor of like, oh, I don't care about records and whatever. But then on the track, he goes and he blitzes every one of them. You know, it's like, do I have the fastest lap? No, you don't. Okay, well, I'm going to do it. No, no, you don't need to do it, Max. It's fine. Everything's fine. Just bring the car home. And then, nope, he goes and gets the fastest lap. You know, he's, he's just that. He's just wired that way. Mm. But I also think he can't help himself in terms of breaking records because he's so dominant. So... You know, he's just going to keep winning and he's just going to keep, you know, uh, getting the hat tricks and, and, you know, it's just, he can't help himself. And I think we're going to see it throughout the year. He's just going to keep climbing. He's, I mean, what do we got? 13 more races. I think he's possibly going to win all 13 of them. And I really do think he could. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to clip that little piece. I'm going to clip it and I'm going to be like, Avon has said it. Max will win the next 13 races. Yeah, just to quote, quote Adrian Newey, who said, uh, not bad for a drinks company. <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, it is absolutely incredible what they've done. But I was reading some of their marketing, you know, I was looking at how does a drinks company spend so much money and, of course, now make so much money in Formula One. And um, I loved what they said. They said Red Bull creates history so that they don't have to spend money on brand equity in the future. And I think that's so... I think that's so mm. smart, but and I think when you're winning Formula One races at the rate that they are now, um, well, that's what they're doing. They're creating history, and records uh, are history, right? Oh well, okay. <laughs> we got to focus on the other <laughs> the other positions in in the Formula One races to come because yeah. we, we we're all kind of on the same page that Max is going to clean, um, and I think from Canada we saw something that for me was quite interesting is going into the race, we all were very anti-Ferrari. Um, we were very anti their performance. None of us really had them in our predictions or even our focus for the race moving forward. And they came back with some crazy race pace. I think between Mercedes, Ferrari, and Aston Martin, we're going to have a great showing for the next for the rest of the year, Brent. Yeah, I, I think it's just. Yeah, I hope it's just not death rattles <laughs> um, in the whole process, and I hope that it's more so a case of the some return on investment from the big changes that we saw at the beginning of the season and towards the end of last season, um, that now we're slowly starting to see uh, you know Ferrari step up and um, you know they showed um, you know what what they're capable of doing for the rest of the season. So you know I hope that that's that's the sign of good momentum and that could increase. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, someone like Leclerc, who's just been, 
you know, it's been so sad to see him each and every time with those sad, <laughs> those sad looks. Um, and you know, and, and, and they need it. They, they need a good result. They need they need to 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 keep that guy happy um, and give him give him a good car. And it looks like it's starting to happen. I don't want to jinx it for the Tafosi because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all know we all know how motorsport works. Something will eventually go wrong. Tires will get put on the wrong cars. Stuff will happen, Avon. It. I mean, it's Ferrari. Yeah, you know, I have no sympathy for them. I I just want to point out that if you look at from the beginning of the season and then we look at it now, who are the teams and and drivers that have risen to the top? It's that podium in Canada. It's Lewis Hamilton, obviously Max Verstappen, and it's Fernando Alonso. And to me, it's the true test of a champion and a true test of why those drivers have so much gold on their shoulders is the ability to consistently improve. And the problem with Ferrari is I just don't see that happening. So you can't be dishing out fourths and fifths or fifths and sixths when actually we know that they, they actually have quite a good race car. They just don't seem to put it all together. And I yeah, I don't I don't share your sentiments, Brett. I think I think the team is choking and I think they'll continue to choke. I, I have no I just don't see the fruit of everything that they've supposedly changed. Management changes, you know, team structure changes. Where's the result? Do you know what I mean? Uh, they, they're, just, they're just exactly the same and if not slightly worse in some cases. Ferrari right now is an average team, but we know that actually their car and their setup shouldn't be average. They should be challenging Alonso and Hamilton. They really should be. And I mean really challenging them. But they just didn't. The race on in Canada was a three-horse race, and then it was everyone behind Hamilton. No, 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 fair. I mean, I, I, I totally see the point. I, maybe I'm just viewing it from a rose-tinted glasses perspective, you know, and I, I, there's every f- bit of fiber inside of me that just wants them to do well. So, you know, yes, they're not there at the moment, um, and maybe they're, just, they're, 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 they're either not going to get there at all, or this is the sign of a slow turnaround. So... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna uh, look on the brighter side, yeah, and uh, you know, give them the the, the credit and, and and hope for the best. Charles Leclerc. I mean, if you just in terms of results, Charles Leclerc is some thirty-eight points behind Lewis Hamilton in fifth place. He's behind George Russell. He's behind George Sainz, and it's it's by a significant margin. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not. Yeah. It, it's not like oh, it's eight points, six points. It's a significant margin and. Yeah, I, first of all, to claw that back is going to be incredibly difficult at this stage of the season. But also, um, we all know the the money that is attached to results in Formula One, and so it's really important for them to rise. And I just they they're not they're they're just kind of being that average team, continuing to give points away. I mean, George Russell obviously had a really poor Canada. Um, but still sits above Charles Leclerc, and, and yeah, we could we could call it bad luck, but we we also can call it the team just is not chilling, and that's where the mm. trouble is. So they need they need to find the pace. And listen, I I do say to have a red uh, a red overall on the podium would be great for the sport, would be great again, but they they're just not showing the sign. If that makes sense, you know, a lot of teams come through with upgrades, and you see the difference, you know. 
Whereas Ferrari, well, you just kind of go, guys, <laughs> you, you know, nothing's happening. So yeah, anyway, I'm not so I'm not so positive. Well, let's see this weekend, Eva. Yeah, let's see. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk George Russell because Avon did bring it up. Um, I, you know what? I, I love George. I think he is such a great driver. I think he's got such a great head on his shoulder uh, or shoulders. I think he can really bring a lot to Mercedes as a team and to Formula One as a sport. But if you go back and you look at his performance over 2023, that man is just everywhere. So from not finishing to being on the podium to being last to being second last, it's, he's just everywhere when it comes to his finishes at the moment, Avon. Yeah, he's certainly not having as good a season as he did last season, for sure. Um, he's, he's done some great, he's had some great results, certainly in the beginning of the year. And then, of course, he's been caught floundering, uh, you know, as he was um, in Australia. He get a bad race. Um, uh, what was the other one where he, where he also floundered a little bit? Um, and then, of course, Canada was, Canada was his mistake. You know, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was entirely his mistake. And I, I actually felt for him in Canada because if you saw it, you kind of went, Oh no, like, you know, it was so close. He could, he, he almost saved it, you know, like, and, and when you look at Max Verstappen doing the same thing, running over the same curb at the same turn, you know, and being able to just get out of it without any real damage or without any real consequence. I, I, I kind of felt for Russell, because uh, I think he, I think he had a good race car underneath him and I think he could have achieved a really good result for the team and for himself. So I, I felt for him. It was, it was kind of driver error. But I do get a sense that he's a little bit more flustered than he was before. I do get a sense that, you know, Lewis is a lot more comfortable in the car. And, um, yeah, I think he's just been unlucky this year. Whereas in 2022, there was a lot of luck on his side. You know, he had a lot of luck with safety cars. Um, and that's how, he, you know, some of how he was able to deliver the results. But, um, yeah, I've also, I've got a soft spot for him as well. I think he... I think he's a great driver. He just needs to miss, have a little bit of luck on his side going forward. It doesn't hurt that he looks good without a shirt on as well, right? Oh, you see what I mean, Brent. You see. <laughs> <laughs> These guys come out. I think there's age restriction on this podcast. Eh? So, you know, <laughs> I think to, to weigh in on, 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 on what everyone said, I've also got like a major soft spot for him. I think that like... Um, I think along with a lot of a lot of people, they viewed his arrival uh, at at Merck as being the changing of the guard um, between Lewis and himself. And I think he's also carried that on his shoulders coming into this season. And if you look at if you look at the advancements and the upgrades, uh, who's getting the best out of the car at the moment? It's not him. It's Lewis. And Lewis, with all of his, his experience, is just showing that composure that um, George still needs to find. And he's still fresh. And he you can see that he's overdriving the car. Um, and that mistake just proved it. Um, but one thing we need to state is that that Mercedes is built well because he hit that wall hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for him to retire from a brake issue afterwards and not a drive shaft, uh, you know, issue yeah. from that crash, it was it was. I was surprised by that. Um, but let, let's just see. Maybe someone can have a chat with him and <laughs> he can compose himself a little bit better for the rest of the season and, you know, and fight fight Lewis like it's supposed to be. Oh, well, let's see. We all want Lewis to to start performing well as well. And 
maybe start next year because it's not going to happen this year, challenging those Red Bulls a little bit. Um, but I think let's move on to Austria. Now, this is Red Bull Ring. We're going home for Red Bull. Obviously, everyone is super excited. The Orange Army is going to be out in full swing. Um, but it's a change up in terms of format, Avon. Uh, this is the last time we had this was out in Baku, if I'm correct. Talk to us about the changes. What exactly is happening? What are we expecting this week? All right. So just to give you a quick summary of the weekend and how it's going to play out. Friday in the morning is going to be a one-hour practice session, as you know it. Then on Friday afternoon, there's going to be qualifying, as you know it. So that qualifying is going to set the grid for Sunday's race as per normal. So instead of taking place on Saturday, that's going to take place on the Friday. Then on Saturday morning, we have sprint shootout, which is essentially a qualifying for the sprint race. That will then set the grid, of course, for the sprint race, which takes place on Saturday afternoon. And as you know, in the sprint race, the top eight uh, drivers score points. And then, of course, Sunday is the race as we know it. So essentially, there's a whole lot of racing that's going to happen over the weekend. And I think, to be honest, with all the upgrades that are coming, and Brent, you can weigh in on this one because there are so many things that happened between, um, you know, before Canada, Canada, now going into Austria. There's McLaren's bringing upgrades. Um Aston Martin had big upgrades. Mercedes has got a few tweaks that are happening. With a format like this, there's not enough time to get those cars onto track for free practice and to kind of test setups, test some changes, and then it's straight into qualifying, straight into second qualifying, straight into sprint race, and then race. It's, it's so much for the teams to deal with, and I don't know if it's going to pay off for teams like McLaren that are bringing a big update. Yeah, listen, I mean... Let's remind ourselves of one thing here. This is F1. This isn't, okay, I don't want to say regional racing because I race in regional <laughs> racing. This is F1 and these, these guys are the best of the best of the best, right? So, you know, it, by adding a little bit of mix to this whole format, it, it brings out, you know, the cream of the crop and it's high stakes, high rewards. And listen, any any upgrade that can be run on a weekend outside of the simulator is going to render results, okay? Whether or not they're good or bad. I think the biggest question is just obviously what's going on with the weather this weekend. Um, and, you know, if it's going to be raining, you know, they're not going to be getting any dry running in. You know, will those, will those upgrades show them what they want to see or or not? Um, so that's gonna, it's going to be the spanner in the works, I believe. But any any runtime they can get with, with any upgrade is going to be positive. Um, again, I think just this one quali- um, one practice session on the Friday and straight into you know qualifying for, for the sprint is, is going to be interesting. So it's going to bring out the, it's going to bring out the sharpest of the, of, of, of the mines uh, and, uh, and the toolkits there. So yeah, let's see. I think what um, Brent brought up there, Avon, is very important, is the fact that we're looking at rain again this weekend which means if it rains on Saturday, that means sprint shootout and sprint is going to be a wet race. And then we go straight from qualifying, which kind of could have rain, but they're not really sure on Friday into a dry race on Sunday. Yeah, look, I hope it's I hope it plays out as the weather has forecasted because it just makes for a much, much more interesting weekend. But I, I think I think they're going to be simulating for the dry race, of course because that's really where the most points are found. And that's really where, uh, you know, the, the, in terms of the future races, they, they want the car to perform best. But 
um, yeah, I, I think Friday practice might be in the rain, which makes it really difficult to to look at what your car is going to do in the dry. Saturday, the same thing, as you've said. So I I think we're going to have a really interesting entire weekend, you know, possibly with some accidents, possibly with some penalties um, because of, of changes of components on cars. And yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. But I, but I think as, as Brent rightly pointed out, ultimately on Sunday, you know, the teams will put together a car that performs to the to the best of its ability with with the upgrades that they have and then of course they'll run the data and and obviously optimize the car for every race thereafter going forward which is what i believe aston's going to be doing is just going to be doing a lot more data gathering on this track which is slightly different to canada of course just trying to optimize that upgrade that they brought in into canada as well um but yeah i do feel for maybe a team like mclaren who maybe were hoping for you know, to get quite a few laps in on both cars to test this supposedly really big upgrade that they're bringing. Maybe they will struggle the most out there. Um, but yeah, I think we're in for a really, really good race. Great results. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll have uh, um, some problems for that Red Bull team. Maybe. <laughs> well, in all fairness, in McLaren, it hasn't been much of a change in terms of them struggling because they've struggled the whole year. So might as well keep with the streak. <laughs> I know they just made a big deal of this big upgrade that they're bringing. So we'll we'll see when it gets there. Oh please! I feel like Brent and I are on the same page on this one. Yeah, pair, pair, pair. <laughs> yeah, I know, hundred percent. Look, I mean, I think uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be the Red Bull to beat. Um, and I think it's just about if if the guys can close down the gap, like we see the the uh, elapsed time over over the race um, GP. Um, the guys are slowly starting to reel him in. Um, so it's a question of how quickly they can close that gap. And then once they're on the bumper um, or, or the diffuser, let's just say that, then then uh, how do they pass him? Okay. So now that we've kind of gotten an inkling of what everyone's thinking in terms of predictions, let's go for full-on predictions. Avon, let's start with you. It would be as boring as ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, Max... P1, I'm going to say Lewis, P2, and I'm going to say Alonso, P3. Okay, so a repeat <laughs> of Canada. <laughs> Slightly, just with Lewis on the second step yes. this time. Okay. So guys, this is, for, this is for the sprint. This is for the GP on Sunday, right? Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, that's a very good point. we got to do sprint race as well. We get ex extra imaginary points. <laughs> I'll ship off your imaginary uh, track this uh, certificate to you as well. Um, Avon, let's put in let's put in your sprint race predictions too. Okay, so sprint race, I'm going to go uh, Max, Lewis, Checo. Interesting. And then Sunday's race, I'm going to go Max, Lewis, Alonso. Why would you put Checo in there for the sprint? Because I think. When he's dialed in, he's not too bad in the rain. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking he'll have a better Saturday than he will a Sunday. Okay. Okay. It's imaginable. I mean, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent, let's hear it. I can see you got some interesting ones up your sleeve. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, if we look at last year, we had uh, for the sprint, we had Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit here. 
for the sprint, I'm going to go with uh, Max, Checo, and then Sainz uh, for Saturday. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to keep with the Ferrari uh, drumming up of the hype uh, for the Sunday GP. Um, I'm going to go with Verstappen, Hamilton, and Leclerc. Interesting. So we have a, a, a Ferrari from Brent and we have an Aston Martin from, from Avon. I have no idea what direction I'm going in. Maybe I must just be like, Daniel Ricciardo is going to come and win something. <laughs> nope, don't do that. <laughs> well, hopefully he'll have a seat for next year. Um, okay, so Max obviously is going to win this race. We all know that. We're all going with Avon's prediction of he's going to win the next 13 races in a row. Um, uh, I'm going to put Lewis. No, I'm going to put for sprint race Leclerc and then Lewis. I feel like those Ferraris do have quick um, pace in terms of, you know, the, the shorter format racing. Um, and then for race day, I'm going to go Max, I'm going to go Lewis, and I'm going to go Russell because I feel like he's going to try and really bounce back and, you know, get his performance up. Plus, looking at his stats, he has a tendency of when he comes really low in the field that he pushes back or he DNFs, he pushes back in the next race. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's that's looking deep into that uh, crystal ball, crew. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I love my conspiracy theories. <laughs> Creative. Please. That's it. All right. Well, gents, that is amazing. Thank you so much for chatting to us and for giving us your interesting predictions. We will meet again uh, before the next race and go through whether or not your predictions came out to be true. But thank you so much for your time and enjoy Austria this weekend. Make sure you have your Red Bulls on hand for Sunday's race. Yeah, I'm going to have you tap uh, Matthew for, for a plug in, on the supply chain there. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. I've been trying for a few months. His house is probably like painted in Red Bull colors. Yeah, with a with a picture of Christian Horner hanging over his bed. <laughs> I know his girlfriend quite well as well, and I'm pretty sure she will approve. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy. <laughs>